What's going on, everybody? This is JC, back from the Fight Stance Podcast. It's been a minute since I recorded a podcast. I apologize for that. I said I was going to get a podcast out, you know, try to do it on a weekly basis. It hasn't happened that way. Um, some scheduling conflicts and uh, some things I've been dealing with in my personal life. Uh, my wife has been in and out of the hospital for the last week or so. She's doing a little better. Um, also been visiting my grandmother. She's uh, been suffering from Alzheimer's for about five years now. She's not doing too well. Been trying to spend some time with her, and that's out of state. Um, so just some some things going on in my life that I haven't been able to fit this in. Um, even right now, my wife is uh, resting in my normal recording area with the TV blasting. So I'm trying to get this in while recording from my bedroom. Uh, but you know, I, I wanted to get this in one way or another, so I'm doing it the way that I, you know, the way that I can. Uh, I wanted to talk some UFC Calgary thoughts, uh, some UFC 227, just some, uh, some things that are going on, some things on my mind, um, and maybe get some feedback from you guys, get your thoughts. I want to start off with this UFC Calgary card that we just had this past weekend, um, hell of a, hell of a card. We knew it was going to be a hell of a card. Um, anytime you have guys like Dustin Poirier, Eddie Alvarez, um, Joanna, Jose Aldo, I mean, just some, some big names were on this card and, uh, it was, it was, it was really a good card and it, it suffered a little bit as far as the ratings go. I'll talk about that in a minute as well, but, um, just had some great card, great, uh, great, great fights on this card. Um, one guy I want to point out is, uh, Islam Makachev. Um, what a dominant performance from that guy, man. Uh, I, I like to do these things where I say who had the most to gain, who had the most to lose or who lost the most. Um, Islam Makachev would probably be my guy who had, who gained the most from this. Uh, he put his name in a lot of people's minds, just a dominant performance he's got Khabib in his corner um just a just a flawless dominant performance if you haven't watched that fight make sure you go and watch it one way or another um and check out this kid I believe he's only 25 similar measurables to Khabib you know height weight class uh same style every everything you see in Khabib, you see in this this young kid. So make sure you go and check him out. Um, a couple other fights. I mean, Joanna versus Tisha Torres. Uh, I think I think Joanna looked great. For some reason, I don't think she looked like Joanna to me. I I, I feel like she almost uh, coasted. She coasted a little bit through the fight. Is how I feel. Um. I feel like she found that level where she's like, okay, I can fight at this level for three rounds and I'll win each round and then I'll get out of here. And that's kind of how I watched her fight that fight. Uh, I don't think she did anything spectacular. You know, I'm not saying she didn't look dominant. Of course she did. I just don't think she went to that level that she could have. I think she could have had a couple 10-8 rounds, you know, I think she just kind of coasted through this fight and uh, made it look easy. But sometimes when you make it look easy, it doesn't look spectacular. So those are my only feelings on Joanna. 
um she's in this this weird position now she is in the same position that she placed claudia gadeja in gadelia i always mess that last name up claudia gadelia she's in the same position as claudia was where she she beat claudia twice claudia beats everybody else but claudia can't get that third shot at the title as long as Joanna held the belt. Now you look at this where Joanna has lost to Rose back-to-back. And she can't get that third shot because she's lost back-to-back. You might end up seeing that again later this week with Cody and TJ. If Cody loses, it's going to be a long while before he can get another title shot. Because people don't want to see you lose to a guy or a girl back-to-back and then get a third shot. It's just it's just not appealing to the ratings. It's not appealing to uh, people. People just want to see a new fight. So Joanna's kind of in that position where we can't really name a, a girl that's going to beat her. But the one girl that's going to beat her is the one that holds the belt and the one that's beat her back to back. So Joanna's just in that kind of funky position. Uh, Jose Aldo. Jeremy Stevens, great fight, great body shot, cringing body shot. I've seen some people, including some fighters, saying this was possibly an uh, an early stoppage. I don't agree. Uh, I saw Aljamain Sterling uh, talk about how Jeremy Stevens was turtling up, and that's a way of showing the ref that hey, I'm still in it. I'm still trying to fight. I don't agree. Obviously. Aljamain knows a lot more than I do. Like I said, I'm I'm podcasting from my from my bedroom right now, so Aljamain knows a lot more about the fight game than I do. But the reason the reason I think that it was a good stoppage, even as he turtles up, he takes two unprotected blows, hard blows, while he's turtled up. He's not defending. He's not putting his his hand to the back of his head or trying to stick stick his hand up and block he's taking unprotected blows even after he turtles up and that's after he's already taken some serious blows so with that in mind i thought that it was a good stoppage you know he's he's not protecting himself even if he's turtling up he's not he's not protecting his head where that is that's where he's receiving the most damage so i thought it was i thought it was a good stoppage uh i believe that was a keith peterson ref fight you know, we're going to talk about some refing things later on, but uh, Keith Peterson is one of the best refs in the game. He's one of the more, I would say, unknowns as far as great refs go. He normally, he's a small guy, so he refs all the, the small guy fights. I wouldn't be surprised if he refs uh, one of the championship fights on 227. He does a lot of the female championship fights. He's, he's a fantastic ref. And he is constantly working. He is on a card every single weekend, uh, regardless of level. I went to a, a regional show in Baltimore uh, this, this a few months ago, and he was doing that along with uh, Mario Yamasaki's brother. So he's constantly working, and he's just a fantastic ref. I agree with his decision to stop it. And what a moment we saw after the fight was over, just the emotion coming from Jose Aldo. I mean, that was, it was spectacular to see, you know, he's, he, 
he had lost a few fights uh, to Max Holloway, and even though he had that, uh, he had a Frankie Edgar win in there, and and so on. But going back to the Conor McGregor fight, we haven't seen the joy in the sport for Jose Aldo like we used to see. You know, running up into the crowd and all those types of things, and just seeing that emotion coming out of him, it it was really just a spectacular feeling. And uh, I, I still don't have that feeling that Jose is back. I don't think like we're seeing, you know, the Jose of, of yesteryear. I, a part of me feels that I wish that Jose could go out with that win that we just saw. Just a, a first round knockout over a guy who had rejuvenated his career, who was trying to get a title shot. Uh, the emotion that we saw after that win, I just feel like it would be a, a, a fantastic way for him to go out. It's it's not the way that it's going to go. He says that he wants uh, Brian Ortega, or at least I think that's what he said. What a terrible translator we had. Good Lord. Jose would give about 30 seconds worth of speaking in Portuguese, and that translator would say, uh, yeah, he's he's he said he's happy with the win. I'm like, what the, what else did he say? You know what I mean? Good. All right. Uh, That was just terrible. It was terrible to hear. Wish we could have heard exactly what Jose had going on. Apparently he was saying, you know, respect to Max Holloway and for what he's going through right now and all this other stuff. We didn't get any of that from that translator, which is a shame. But uh, back, back to Jose, I mean... I wish that we could see him go out with that spectacular moment. I think that would be great. But um, just not the way that it's going to happen. Uh, the main event, Dustin Poirier, Eddie Alvarez. We all knew it was going to be a, a spectacular fight. You have two Warriors going at it. The first fight, even though it ended the way that it did, that it did uh, was just headed towards a classic and uh, we knew that this was, you know, the, the setup for this one, there's a little bit of bad blood, and we just, we knew it was going to be a great fight. Uh, now, the way that it went, you guys will remember Dustin Poirier uh, jumped and pulled guard, had Eddie in that guillotine. Um, Eddie uses some tactics, including the cage and the the finger in the ear and all that stuff to get out of that bad position. And then Eddie ends up with a dominant position up against the cage. Now in comes the 12 to six elbow, which lands on the shoulder. Now I've heard a lot of people on Twitter. I've heard some podcasts uh, blaming Mark Goddard for the standup. Now, if you guys need me to go back on my Twitter and retweet the things that I've said about Mark Goddard in the past, I have touted him as the best, not one of the best, but the best referee in MMA today. I put him above John McCarthy. I put him above Herb Dean. I put him above anybody that you want to throw out there as far as referee. I think that he's fantastic, and I agree with him in this instance as well. Mark Goddard, 
All right. A lot of people are blaming him, saying Mark Goddard has refereed so many fights. He should know that the 12 to 6 rule is bullshit. It landed on the shoulder. He should have let that go. Mark Goddard responded with the, the finger in the ear and the, the cage grab and, and uh, so on and so forth. Mark Goddard has two responsibilities as a referee. One is to enforce the rules and the other is to keep the fighter safe. Those are his only two responsibilities. It's not up to Mark Goddard to say, that's a 12 to 6 elbow, that's illegal, but I think it's bullshit, so I'm going to let it go. That's not Mark Goddard's job. Mark Goddard has to answer to the commission. He has to answer to the unified rules of the sport. If that, if if he lets that 12 to 6 elbow go, he has to answer to Dustin Poirier's team who are going to contest it whether it landed or not, okay? Mark Goddard's job, like I said, keep the fighter safe and enforce the rules, okay? That's what he's doing. So by him standing the two fighters up, that was basically him saying, hey, this is the third strike within a very short amount of time for Eddie Alvarez, okay? The ear poke, the K's grab, the 12 to 6. That's enough. We're standing you up. And for anybody who says that, oh, uh, now Eddie's fighting against Mark Goddard and and Dustin Poirier, both of them, that's not the case. He didn't put Dustin Poirier into some dominant position. He stood them up and he put them in a neutral position. And then Eddie got pieced up. I'm one of the biggest Eddie Alvarez fans out there, okay? I hope the UFC compensates him on his new contract, assuming he gets a new contract with the UFC. We'll see. But I don't see any reason why he wouldn't. He should be compensated well. He's one of the most exciting fighters in the history of the sport. Everybody tunes in to an Eddie Alvarez fight because they know it's going to be a war. They know it's going to be a bloodbath. They know he's a, a fighter's fighter. Okay? But Eddie Alvarez has been in this game a long time he knows you can't throw that 12 to 6 okay so don't put this on mark goddard when eddie alvarez knows that rule just as well as any fighter okay uh now getting back to the actual fight um you know they stand up dustin poirier pieces him up and that ends oh one thing i forgot to mention i did just see an article, sorry, I do not have the article in front of me to know where it's from. Uh, one of the major outlets uh, in which Mark Henry, uh, Eddie Alvarez's coach, took 100% blame over the 12 to 6 elbow. I haven't heard it yet. I haven't went back and listened to it. But apparently on the clip, uh, Mark Henry is demonstrating to Eddie Alvarez to throw that 12 to 6 and he yells it out doesn't say 12 to 6 it's not exactly what he wanted but Eddie Alvarez is mimicking what he saw his coach do and uh Mark Henry's taking full blame for Eddie throwing that 12 to 6 so Mark Henry had some good things to say about Mark Goddard you know he said he he would have 100% faith in him refing his next fight and uh he took full blame for for what we saw 
so Dustin Poirier, you know, he gets the win. Unfortunately, he's probably on the outside looking in as far as the title shot goes. I hope I hope we see that Tony Ferguson fight. You know, I, w- I would love to see Dustin Poirier against Tony Ferguson. I think that's a fantastic fight. It gives you a clear picture of who that number one contender is other than Conor McGregor because that's just going to happen, you know. But uh, a clear picture of who the number one contender is. Tony Ferguson hasn't lost a fight in forever. Uh, Dustin Poirier hasn't lost a fight except for Michael Johnson in a long, long time. And they're the two most deserving guys. So uh, that's it for uh, for UFC Calgary. Just want to talk about the, the ratings a little bit. Saw that the uh, the ratings didn't do too well. It's the worst ratings that they've had on Big Fox ever. Um, it's shocking to me because it, it was actually lower than uh, Jacare Derek Brunson. And that card I thought was pretty pretty weak of a card if I remember correctly. So I'm not, I'm not ex- exactly sure what is going on with these numbers. I just want to run a couple ideas across uh, across your mind. Let me know what you think. I posted one of them yesterday on Twitter. Um, but a couple ideas that I have to improve the product um, as far as just visually when you're watching. One of them, that the one that I mentioned on Twitter was to, uh, I said eliminate performance and fight of the night bonuses. I think what I actually meant was to eliminate the win bonus and to replace that with a finish bonus. So, uh, sorry about that. Um, so yeah, the, the win bonus is something that is handed out to a fighter. If they get a win, one problem I have with it, you have some of these guys who are fighting, you know, 18,000 to show 18,000 to win. When you have that, half of your salary may be placed in the hands of the judges. Okay? So, three, the perspective of three people's point of view can determine half of your salary. So, the win bonus is something that needs to needs to get out of here. Okay? Now, if you replace it with a finish bonus... Now that's placed more in the hands of the fighter. Okay. Um, We've seen the success that Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series has had. A lot of these guys are going for finishes because they know that's the only way that they're going to get signed. So if you bring that to the big league where a finish bonus is the, you know, that's the way that these fighters know that they're going to get paid. You're going to see a lot more finishes. You're going to see a lot more blood. You're going to see a lot of those things that the fans love to see. Um, so that's just a, an idea. I, I don't have logistics really thought out. Maybe you're looking at a $50,000 bonus for all fights except for title fights, in which it would be a $100,000 bonus. Just an idea I'm throwing out there. Um, some other things I came up with, uh, I said to speed up the show. I feel like as soon as uh, one of the fighter or both of the fighters from a fight are leaving the octagon, have them leave out leave out of a different exit from the way that they came in, 
And as they are leaving out, that is when the music hits for the next guy's entrance. Just just get right into the next fight. Let's speed up these cards. Um, maybe take away some of the post-fight uh, post-fight octagon interviews from some of the fight pass guys and let's just let's just speed it up here, you know. Um, and the third thing, they got to decrease the length of the show. These shows are lasting six and seven hours when you include Fight Pass. You know, they've got to get that down to four and a half, five hours, maybe four hours. I don't know what they got to do. But uh, they should have no more than five fights on the prelims and no more than five fights on a main card. You go back to Hamburg and you go back to Boise. The main card had six fights. And that Hamburg card, five of those six fights went to a decision. You know, you're sitting there watching these fights for a long time just to get to that main event. And I'll be honest with you, I'm sleeping by the time it gets to these fights are lasting until 1:30 in the morning. I'm asleep. So I don't even get to see that that main event, you know? I'm on the East Coast. It's a, it's a struggle over here. So uh you know that's that's one of the issues they gotta they gotta fix. Less, you know, throw more throw more fights on on Fight Pass. So the diehards are going to Fight Pass. They can sit there. They don't mind watching fights for twelve hours straight or whatever it's gonna be. But uh, the people who are tuning in on cable or or streaming Hulu or wh- however you want to watch it, you know, we gotta we gotta decrease the time. So those are my suggestions. You know, let's. Let's let's try to get these numbers back up and make it more visually appealing to the fans. Uh, coming up this weekend, we've got UFC 227, uh, Cody versus TJ2, as well as DJ versus Cejudo2. Um, the issue that I see with this card is what I just said. Both of those are number two. So they're a run back of what we just saw. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that's the best idea. I don't see this doing well uh, ratings wise. I love the I love the the back and forth with TJ and Cody. It wasn't played up as well this time around. Um, this card wasn't promoted that well. It took a hit when Gustafson and Uzdemir was taken off. You know, I, I thought that was a solid three with the two title fights and then Gustafson versus Uzdemir, but we lost that fight, so um it might it might struggle. Some things I want to point out though, uh there's a couple fights here that interest me. One of them is Ricky Simon against Montel Jackson. Montel Jackson was on the first week of Dana White's Tuesday night contender series this year. I thought he had one of the best performances that I've seen this whole summer. Now, it was a little, I don't know what the word would be, but he had a couple eye pokes that kind of damaged how people viewed the fight. Um, Take away those eye pokes. Watch that fight again. I think we saw a future star in the making in Montel Jackson. Okay, so... Uh, I like to do my, my on the rise guys. Montel Jackson is on the rise. 
believe I saw he's fought five times in the last 12 months or something like that. Something ridiculous. I don't remember what the number was, but he just recently started fighting. First five fights in the first in his in 12 months, something like that. And uh, he's finishing guys, and he just has uber talent. So look out for Ricky Simon against Montel Jackson. Um, there's a couple. There's a couple guys from the contender series on here. Matt Sales, I recognize, um, as well as Kevin Holland versus Tiago Sant- uh, Santos. Kevin Holland was on the first week of the contender series. Kind of a karate style guy. Showboated way too much. Probably could have finished his opponent. Showboated way too much and got a decision win. So pooling for Tiago Santos in that fight, can't lie. Wasn't a fan of Kevin Holland. But, you know, if if you're into looking at the young guys like I am, uh, make sure you check out that fight. And then uh, Jose Shorty Torres, back on the fight pass prelims. That's another guy you want to watch. His first fight in the UFC. Got the win. Not the way you want to get the win. Uh, His opponent actually knocked himself out with a slam. So uh, look out for Jose Shorty Torres. Uh, You won't see see a podcast from myself and Flex this month. Uh, I believe he's going to be doing his own podcast uh, as well as the one that I'm doing right now. But (laughs) I am a Cody Garbrandt guy, and he is a TJ Dillashaw guy, so I can only imagine the fire that would be going on in that debate. But uh, I I love that that rivalry that we have here with uh, Cody and TJ. I'm not going to predict the winner here. The last time I predicted TJ to win all the way up until the day before the fight, and then I changed it to Cody. And Cody got knocked out. Um, Cody did have that knockdown in the end of the first round. Can't forget about that. I think this is just a a, a dead even fight. I'm not going to predict a winner there. Demetrius Johnson against Henry Cejudo. Henry Cejudo has improved mightily. He's improved mightily against Mighty Mouse. Okay. Henry Cejudo has improved uh, mightily since he fought DJ the first time around. Uh, I'm not sure what to expect here. I'm never going to bet against Demetrius Johnson, though. So a lot of people are thinking that Cejudo is going to get the win here. I think people are just kind of kind of hoping for a changing of the guard to come eventually. Um, he's got this karate style now where uh, Cejudo does with his stand-up. We all know his wrestling background. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see what kind of, uh, game plan he has coming out. That's different from the first time around, but I'm never going to bet against Demetrius Johnson, arguably the greatest of all time, greatest pound for pound of all time. And, uh, until we see anything different, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go with, uh, Demetrius Johnson. So, um, that's, that's kind of my roundup for the week. Um, I hope you guys give it a listen, uh, give some feedback on what you think, uh, some of your takeaways, and I'll be interacting with you guys a little bit more once my, once my schedule gets back on the track that it needs to be. So, uh, just wanted to give you something short. I'm going to try to give you something next week. 
you know, a 227 uh, recap as well as uh, Nebraska, UFC Nebraska preview. And uh, thanks for listening. Tuning out.